Many U.S. federal agencies are involved in public health, and states have various structures and entities for protecting health as well, but there are inconsistent relationships between state and local health departments. The patchwork nature of the system helps explain why, despite enormous health expenditures, the United States has poorer population health outcomes than many other high-income countries. I'm Stephen Morrissey, Managing Editor of the New England Journal of Medicine, and I'm talking with Joshua Sharfstein, Vice Dean for Public Health Practice and Community Engagement at the Johns Hopkins University Bloomberg School of Public Health. As part of the journal series on the fundamentals of public health, Dr. Sharfstein has co-authored a perspective article about the architecture of the U.S. public health system. Dr. Sharfstein, in your perspective article, you describe the response to a foodborne illness, which is, of course, a quintessential public health activity. What are the possible courses that such an investigation could take, and why do you view foodborne outbreak response as a microcosm of U.S. public health? Foodborne illness is a bread and butter, pardon the expression, public health response. People get sick, and it's important to identify what the cause is so that more people don't get sick. But depending on where you are in the country, a report of a foodborne illness might go to a local agency, it might go to a state agency, it might go to a local agency referred to a state agency. And then as the outbreak unfolds, you could have multiple jurisdictions involved in the response. And then if the federal government gets involved, it could be multiple federal agencies in different departments. So if you think about maybe the scenario where there's just one coherent response, that's pretty unlikely in the United States. In fact, you're probably lucky if anybody responds because there are big parts of the country where foodborne outbreaks really don't get very much of an investigation. So how did the United States end up with a system in which so many different federal agencies have a role in the public health response and there's such variation between states? in terms of infrastructure and authority? Well, when you talk about the architecture of the public health system, it's not like the architecture, like there's an architect who actually designed something to look like this public health system. This is a public health system that has grown one crisis at a time, one response at a time, one new law at a time, and not just at the federal level, but in every single state. And so it is extraordinary how diverse and haphazard really the public health system is. So what about the local level? What roles do local health departments play and how much variation is there there as well around the country? Well, the goal should be for local health departments to be the first responders in a sense for public health to investigate a foodborne outbreak or another kind of outbreak or respond to chronic illness, help with tobacco prevention. But there are, I think there are about 2,800 health departments in the country and they have a vastly variable set of capacities. Many health departments have just a few people in them, and maybe they just do some basic required environmental inspections, and they couldn't respond to a foodborne outbreak if one gets called in. So there's an effort to accredit local health departments to have some basic standards by which local health departments can be held to, but the majority of health departments have not been accredited, and many of them are not going to even seek accreditation. And this really speaks to just how underfunded and underappreciated public health is. And in that regard, you say in your article that before the COVID-19 pandemic, funds for public health represented less than 3% of healthcare expenditures in the United States. Why have so few resources been devoted to public health as compared with the rest of the healthcare system? Well, if you look over the course of the 20th century, it was really the triumph of medical care from a budgetary perspective. It's also a story of the triumph of public health from an impact perspective, not just vaccination, but clean air, clean water, 
were really immensely important in the extension of the American lifespan. But as that was happening, the momentum behind public health got slower and slower. As these diseases disappeared, the investment started shifting over to hospitals and technology for treating patients who are sick. And the U.S. has had a more unbalanced system than many other countries. So it's like a double hit. You have this total variation, variability, and consistency, and it's underfunded in comparison to other countries where you may have a strong public health system that's appropriately funded. In the end, it adds up to a very limited capacity to respond to major challenges. And that's something that we have seen with devastating results during the pandemic. Looking at the pandemic, in what ways has it highlighted the weaknesses in the public health system and the lack of resources? And is there any indication that it's going to lead to improvements? The pandemic has revealed different dimensions of this challenge. It's certainly revealed the variability. You have New York City hiring thousands of contact tracers and really having an enormous impact on the spread of the virus and other places hiring no contact tracers, for example, and just essentially watching the virus move around. The data systems so weak in many parts of the country, paper and pencil in many parts of the country, not only causing a lot of confusion about the state of the pandemic, but also causing these political crises, which have led public health officers to get pushed out of their jobs because their data system, which was never very good, never got the resources it, it needed, couldn't answer questions that the governor wanted right away. And so it is also the case that there haven't been enough people, there haven't been enough basic resources to launch testing in many places. And some of these challenges have been reflected in the inequities in the pandemic, because a goal of public health is really to advance health equity, to find communities that are at risk of worse health outcomes, to connect with them, to listen to them. But when health departments are poorly funded and struggling for the basics, they can't do that. And so we've seen that even in the pandemic, health departments have had a difficulty reaching certain communities to provide access to testing, vaccination, and other critical services. So it's been very bleak. In fact, I would say that one of the major reasons the U.S. just passed this horrible threshold of 800,000 deaths is because we have underinvested, underappreciated, and underorganized, really, the public health system. Now, your last question was, is there any hope that this could get better? And uh, there is some hope, because I think part of the recognition of the failures of this country during the pandemic was an understanding that we didn't have the public health system that we deserved going into it. And I do want to say that public health workers from around the country have been absolutely heroic in protecting their communities and have been suffering all kinds of threats and harassment. But they would say, as I would say, I think that public health has never really been given the resources and the mandate that it needs to do the job that it should do in this country. And so there are now some new resources that have come through vehicles like the American Rescue Plan and the budget that President Biden has put forward that offer the chance to hire more people in addition, modernize the data systems, and hopefully create more of a viable system, a architecture that makes sense rather than just sort of the architecture of what happened to happen over the last 150 years. So finally, besides that additional funding and resources that you talk about, what kind of support do state and local entities need to improve coordination and to protect public health more effectively in general? What is that mandate that you're talking about? 
there's a bit of a danger when more money comes in that the money goes out and it supports good projects, but it doesn't sustain itself into something that really, for example, puts us in a better position to deal with some very serious chronic problems or even prepare for the next pandemic. So how do you actually use an investment to take a whole step up for the functioning of a national system? I think that concept might start with accreditation that we want more of the state and local health departments to have some basic capacities, but it can't end there because what we really need is not just a whole bunch of individual health departments. We need a system that works well. And so I think that the federal government should take the lead and bring in outside experts to really envision what that system is and then align whatever funding it can with that vision so that the grantees that are getting federal resources are able to become part of the system and not just deliver a particular, we hired 10 people or here's the particular program that we set up. Thank you, Dr. Sharfstein.